and Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dogster. Presented by BetMGM. Let's get it going on this Friday morning. Good time edition. How you doing, everyone? It is the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Coming up. What we learned last night in Cleveland where the fighting Joe Flacco's welcome the New York Jets getting it done. We will continue talking NFL at 620 and a look at the biggest games on the schedule this weekend. That's followed by more college football bowl season at 645 during the seven o'clock hour. Chelsea and Jesus take the wheel as we reveal our favorite six plays for week 17 in the pros before we delve into the NBA at 720 and at 8 o'clock. Make sure you stick around for more NFL along with BetQL's PJ Glasser at 820 and at 845. We'll make you feel like the smartest person on the planet when the donkster opens his mouth and makes his best bets. Chelsea, how are you on this Friday? I'm in a great mood. Well, yeah, you've got a long weekend coming up. Yeah. But how about my wolf pack? Didn't I, I try know. to tell everybody? Yes. All of the gambling world said, oh, NC State, they're in a good spot here. Whenever NC State's in a good spot, beware, because they always let you down. And that's exactly what happened last night in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. I will say the theatrics in the Pop-Tarts Bowl were worth the viewing experience alone. Did you see some of the video that came from the Pop-Tarts Bowl? Oh, my God. This is my favorite bowl ever now. It's awesome. I saw the Pop-Tart mascot walk up to a referee in the end zone and pat him on the butt. Like, there you go. And then walk away. If that were a regular person, there would be a harassment lawsuit. But if you turn around and you see a big Pop-Tart smiling at you, you say, ah, you got me. <laughs> awesome. Well, also, because you know you're going to be eaten after the game. I think that was uh-huh. the wildest part is they went down into the toaster and then I think they removed the big pop tart from the mascot costume and then it came out on this like conveyor belt, but they saw the face on the pop tart. So it looked really yeah. wild when people were like taking apart pieces of it and it was <clears throat> strawberry flavored. So it was like red in the middle. And you're like, this yeah. kind of looks a little cannibalistic, but I'm <clears throat> sure it was delicious. I would love to hear how it actually tasted. Because wouldn't you think the recipe would be hard to uh, perfect when it's that big of a Pop-Tart? <laughs> That's something I haven't thought about. I don't know. I think they probably have these scientists, these food scientists who have the exact ingredients involved and the exact number of ingredients involved and the percentages, whatever it is, in a particular Pop-Tart. And they're able to, using math, sort of figure out, okay, this is exactly what we need to do to make a bigger Pop-Tart. I bet it was delicious. Also, it's hard to screw up a Pop-Tart. Is it? I don't know. Yes. Making it from scratch? I'm sure there are plenty of ways. Uh, like the ratio of the filling to the frosting and <clears throat> making sure it stays together. Like we have this discussion yeah. about gingerbread houses. You know, having something actually hold together is a lot harder than it looks so hats off to the pop tarts bowl i hope this one comes back like there's some bowls that you know what was it the bad boy mowers last night like some of these were a little less memorable but i hope the pop tarts bowl remains a fixture in college football it was fun not all these bowl games are fun like the gasparilla bowl is that thing still around i think it is yes the quick lane bowl, 
Yes, that doesn't do it for me. But when you hear Pop-Tarts Bowl, I mean, it sounds fun. I don't know if you want it on a championship ring, like if you're Kansas State, and, oh, we got a ring. Oh, and someone says, that's gorgeous. What is that from? Oh, we won the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Not the same as we won the Peach Bowl or the Rose Bowl or the Sugar Bowl. Nah, we won the Pop-Tarts Bowl. It's whimsical. This is what college football bowl season is all about, winning the Pop-Tarts Bowl. I'm like you. It finally should have come to fruition, something like this, and it did, and it was great. I'm sorry I didn't get the win. I'm really bummed about that. I was feeling NC State yesterday, as you know, and I thought you might pull it out, and I really did like your Wolfpack. You warned me. Oh, well, yeah, that's the thing. Don't ever get your hopes up because NC huh. State will definitely let you down. So uh, luckily I'm dead inside, so nothing's really going to hurt my feelings <laughs> about NC State anymore. And people ask me, well, Chelsea, why aren't mm-hmm. you like Jenks on the show? Why aren't you over the top? Uh, NC State has broken my heart too many yeah. times. So excuse me while I'm not the positive ray of sunshine for a team that <clears throat> continues to lose on the biggest of stages. Chelsea, you be the dark cloud. I'll be the positive ray of sunshine. It's a perfect mix. You never want to go too extreme in one direction or the other, and that's why you're my co-host. At least you got your win last night on your best bet. Tell me about it. Yeah, plus money winner. Brees Hall over his receptions prop of four and a half. And I was going back and forth saying, okay, do I play receptions? Do I play yards? Didn't seem to matter. He got them both. Uh, because I think the Jets are starting to realize that he's mm, one of the best players on their team, so maybe they should mm-hmm. use him. So over four and a half receptions for plus 120, that was a winner. He finished with nine. So I will take that dub, and I'll take that plus money. Absolutely. Well done. I had Rutgers on the money line taken on Miami. I watched that game. Rutgers wins 31-24. Hurricanes with a late touchdown in that game in the pinstripe ball. So that was a winner. Tough night for the Donkster. Tough week for the Donkster. Had Kings money line against the Golden Knights on the ice. The Golden Knights win 3-2. And then had Oklahoma minus 29 hosting Central Arkansas. The Sooners win 88-72. That was an L. So for the week, Chelsea, a short week, but still, you're 2-0, I'm 3-0, and the dogster, you dirty dog, 1-5, not great. It is a daily tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Friday, and great to be a Browns fan this morning. Last night in Cleveland, the Browns crushed the Jets, 37-20. The Browns laying six and a half points. They are minus 335 on the money line at BetMGM. Total set at a very low 33 and a hook. That went over easily. Joe Flacco, maybe your comeback player of the year. He's done it again. 309 yards, three touchdowns, including a couple to Jerome Ford in the first half of this game as Cleveland builds a 20-point lead. 98% of the public was on the Joe Flacco passing prop of 233.5. That comes home in a big way. He had 296 in the first half alone. So the Browns clinched their second playoff berth since 2002 by guaranteeing themselves at least a wild card spot. They're still alive for the AFC North. Flacco proves to 4 and 1 as a starter, and he beats the Jets, the very team that cut him after three years in New York. Every time you Doubt Joe Flacco, Chelsea. He just proves he's elite. Oh, for sure. But the Browns looked like the much better team overall than the Jets. They didn't even need Amari Cooper in this one. Amari Cooper, their star receiver, a late scratch from this game. We knew he was questionable, 
But still, I think a lot of people thought maybe, okay, this is Joe Flacco's best target. What's he going to do? Well, all he's going to do is dial up David Njoku and set the tone early for this game because that's really what uh, the basis of this game was. The Browns ran out to an early 20-7 to lead and never really looked back. The defense looked good, too. I know everybody's Mm going to be talking about Joe Flacco and how elite this passing offense (laughs) seems to be, but you should, you know, say a little something about this Browns that continues to get pressure on opposing quarterbacks. In the first half, Trevor Simeon could not get anything going. It just felt like he was constantly under pressure. So when you combine this great defense with a team that now has a valuable starting quarterback that, oh, by the way, is uh, PG enough to go on the Nickelodeon shows. Did you see that (laughs) meme? People were laughing because Joe Flacco got slimed on Nickelodeon uh, earlier this week for some kind of accolade. And they said, it feels nice to have a quarterback that can go on kids' channels. A slight to Deshaun Watson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, quite quite a difference in perception there and actual reality. I love this quote from Garrett Wilson after the game, too. Of course, he played with Joe Flacco for the Jets. And Garrett Wilson said this. Joe told me at the end of last season he wasn't going to be a backup. He was going to play, and he held to that. Joe is a great guy, the type of teammate you want. He deserves everything. And I thought that was very telling because Garrett Wilson is a great receiver. But for the majority of his career, he has just played with a bunch of dudes at quarterback as a starter and really hasn't had a top-notch, top-tier guy as a starter to throw to him. So the fact that he's come out and said, yeah, this is a guy who deserves this. I was with this guy in the locker room for three years. I thought was a pretty strong endorsement of what Joe Flacco was doing. And Joe Flacco's belief in his own abilities at the age of 38. Oh, for sure. Joe Flacco deserves all of the flowers after this short little spurt that he's had for the Browns. But I think it also goes to show that being on a certain team certainly matters because let's not Mm -hmm. do revisionist history. Joe Flacco had some games where he didn't look great for the Jets or whoever he was the backup for. But what a difference it makes when you're playing on a good team with a good offensive line, with some good targets around you that can do something after the catch. So Joe Flacco is having an elite resurgence, but also I do think it helps that he's on the Cleveland Browns. No question. I think that's a very good point. And also players know that, right? Especially if Mm -hmm. you're a quarterback, you have to be thinking, man, if I just had a little more talent around me, a little more protection in front. I know what I can do. Joe Flacco doing it right now and leading this team much better than Deshaun Watson ever did. Browns are locked into Deshaun, and maybe they're regretting that just a little bit because Joe Flacco has really stepped it up and made this Browns team a pass offense first. We do need to talk about the NBA before we go to break here. Oh, it almost happened last night. The upset of upsets. The Pistons trying to avoid NBA history. But they lose to the Celtics, 128-122 in overtime. The Pistons were getting 17 points. The Celtics minus 1,400 on the money line. Total set at 234, the over hits. Pistons open the game with a 21-point lead. That is the first time all season they've led by more than 20 points. But then they have to rally from a six-point deficit late in the game. They force overtime, and it's not enough. 
after all of that, they fall to 2-29 and on the season, tying the NBA record for the longest losing streak in league history at 28 games. They get 31 points from Cade Cunningham, but they will need a win at home on Saturday against the Raptors to avoid having the all-time record to themselves. And Chelsea, if you're Detroit, <laughs> I'd rather get blown out by 40 than lose like this where you're this close and you could have upset the Celtics in Boston and you still take a kick to the groin and take the L. Yeah, this was a tough way to lose because they were up the entire time. This is what everybody was kind of following parallel to the Thursday night football game or whatever day it is. Yeah, it's Thursday. Uh, Last night was Thursday, I should say. Uh, But for the Celtics, they did not have Jalen Brown in this one. Jason Tatum ended up playing. So it would have been an impressive win for a Pistons team that point blank just needs win. But I said this yesterday. This Mm -hmm. is not a Pistons team that's getting blown out. They're actually keeping some of these games close. So I think when you're getting a lot of points with the Pistons, this is a team that's shown that it at least has some fight in it. At least more fight than you would expect a team that has lost 28 straight games or whatever the record is. So I think you need to be aware of that as well. You can't just blindly fade the Pistons against the spread because they're getting all of these points. I mean, this spread opened, what, at 16 and a half yesterday? Actually, I think it opened higher, went down to 16 and a half, then closed at 17. Regardless, this is a Pistons team that, you're right, is showing some fight. But if there's anything that takes it out of you, like I can't imagine that locker room knowing they were this close against Boston and that they blew a 21-point lead. Now, at the same time, this was early in the first half. We see wild lead swings in the NBA all the time and they did fight again to force the extra session i say at this point you just go for the record go for the record guys what am i am i spinning this the wrong way is it hey this is such a gut punch or is it we hung with the celtics and even though we had that lead we fought to tie it late we we pushed these guys to overtime they're the nba favorites we can take something away from that am i being too negative here It is a young team, and this is not a team that had NBA Finals hopes and dreams. So I think you look at guys like Cade Cunningham, and he's going out there and doing everything he can. So, yes, it's a gut punch to lose. All of these guys are competitors, but at the same time, I don't think they're just going to give up. They're not saying, well, we might as well not try. No, they're coming close to some of these wins. Eventually, they will win a game, and eventually, it will feel good. Uh, So, yeah, it can't feel great. But again, this is a team that had very low expectations coming into this season. That's true. When are they going to win a game? Eventually, they will. Will it be in 2025? Will it be in 2032? Will it be in 2051? Who knows? It's going to happen at some point this season. Almost happened last night. Those poor guys. I'm feeling I'm feeling for the Pistons this morning. Coming up next, another week, another game where the Chiefs are huge favorites in the NFL. But should they be? We're talking about that and more next on the Daily Tip from BetQL. Presented by BetMGM. Stay right back. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip. Presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Welcome back to 
the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM, with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Double D. Welcome back to the show. It is a daily tip from MQL presented by Matt MGM. Great to have you with us on a Friday. I'm Michael Jenkins, live in Washington, D.C. She is Chelsea Messenger, live in Nashville. Coming up, the Ravens try to stay hot as they return to Chili Charm City. Our picks and leans for the biggest games of the NFL weekend are on the way. It is time now, Chelsea, for the post-Christmas update. I have a feeling that it won't be long before all the decorations in your home are packed away for another year. And there's a bit of sadness hanging over the messenger household. Oh, there's a sigh right there. Yes, it's affecting us all. How are you doing? I I am still blown away. This is a compliment. I'm blown away by how you decorated your home. There was so much stuff in there. It looked I wanted to pay $5 to you so I could just walk through drink in my hand. Oh, that's nice. Look at those ornaments. Oh, hi, Blake. Yes. Oh, Santa comes to visit. You know, walk through a little tour. Then I go in the back and there's a golf course. You know, maybe I, I don't know. Jake and I hit a couple balls, you know, nice course, probably some nice weather down there. I feel like you could actually, I'm talking this out. I think you could actually charge a price of admission and you have a little, you know, a little throughway there. People come through, they look at the decorations, then they're done, they play a little golf. Maybe there's drinks. Odd drink, I'm just throwing it out there. And then you make some money. So this started as me wanting to ask you about your Christmas decorations, and now I'm thinking that you could have a side hustle. <laughs> I don't know about that, because <laughs> like the main areas of our house are nice, but there are definitely rooms in our house that have been neglected. Like We have a bonus room that we've done mm-hmm. nothing with. Because we just moved into this new house in August. And so it takes time to get every single room up to Mm -hmm. par for like visitors. Man, our bonus room looks terrible. It's just like boxes and junk and toys. So that's my next project. And I've also got to get some more things on the wall because the Christmas tree's taken up a lot of space. And I think it has done a great job of camouflaging that we don't have a ton on the walls right now. It's a great distraction. Uh, so I still have some work to do on the house, but I'm wondering if anybody else is feeling like not the emptiness, but Mm -hmm. you know, the sad feeling that Christmas is over and now we are full steam ahead to the longest month of the year. January hands down has to be like one of the worst months of the year. And so I think I'm getting like a touch of seasonal depression where you're just like, Oh God, January. And like all of the fun things have kind of passed with Christmas. Now it's just taking down decorations. And I'm sorry if I'm depressing you as you're driving to work. But doesn't Uh, it feel that way? Like I think there are a lot of people that are kind of down in the dumps right now. And I'm one of them. Well, I was (laughs) feeling good before this conversation. I was talking about decorations and drinks and golf. And now I'm going to be in that depression commercial. You know, where the guy's just staring out the window and they cut away and I'm just looking off into the abyss and it's for some drug and that'll be me. Just look off into the abyss and say, where did things go? It was Christmas time. The one with the face that they hold up. 
Have you seen the one? Yeah, with oh, the, the, yeah, the that's the one. They're like, here, <laughs> here I was before. It's a big frowny face, and then they take some sort of medication, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, oh, happy face. My favorite one is the one with the bulging eyes. That's the one that freaks me out every time, and it shows a woman wearing. Have you seen this? Where there's a woman and she has, there's some sort of bulging eye disease. I don't know what this is. But when you watch what I watch in the afternoon, which is a bunch of Law and Order, guess what? Guess who's also watching Law and Order? The post-65 crowd. Because that show's been on forever. I used to watch that post-college. And there's a woman and she's hanging out with her friends in the backyard. But she's got these huge glasses on to cover her eyes. Because she doesn't want to show her eyes. And then she takes this medication and... Boom! She takes those glasses off, and guess what? I don't know what her eyes looked like before, but they're not bulging out like a cartoon, you know, and the guy gets hit in the stomach, and his eyes go, so, yeah, that's the one I see all the time, and I'm like, I've never even heard of that disease. I haven't either. Like, that one's getting a lot of tread lately. The fact that I've heard of that as well, and I'm not watching those shows, of all of the diseases that they <laughs> routinely market for, you know, the mm-hmm. cures or whatever, what do you think, like, the best one is? Like, if you had to choose between the all of them. The best disease? Rickets. Rickets? <laughs> I haven't seen an ad for that one, though. I I'm have just seen kidding. the ones no. for, um, I almost said leprosy. What's the skin oh, disease God. that, like, is pretty common? <laughs> the best disease is definitely leprosy of all the diseases. <laughs> You're talking about shingles? No, um, God, I'm talking like about biblical times where you would just walk around and like half your back would fall off. And you're like, ah, oh, you've got leprosy. <laughs> no, what is the skin disease? She's it's talking very about common. eczema. Eczema, that's it. Thank oh, you, David. Okay, that's eczema. like the modern day leprosy. Like a lot of people have. It. Is it, Doctor Messenger? <laughs> is it? Is it? I don't think that's correct. I think it I don't is. Think that's correct. Okay. All right, well, there you go, folks. I just wanted to make folks. some kind of comparison. But I feel like more people back in the day had leprosy. Like, the amount of times that it's mentioned in the yeah. Bible, it was Everywhere. basically like eczema. Like, you know, people were walking around, and you're like, wow, that mm-hmm. guy's a leper. And I think I'm going to stay over here. But they were around yeah. a lot in the Bible, I think. Remember, before Judas betrayed Jesus, he had bulging eye syndrome. Remember that in the Bible? <laughs> Early on? <laughs> What's the Some best of those disease? Jingles are pretty catchy though. Oh like, yeah, there's for one sure. For, I think it's like Jardiance or something. I'm like, this is kind of a bop. Uh, I don't know what it's for. <laughs> Type two diabetes. I just looked at it. Oh, but do you ever find yourself one. singing some of these songs or being jealous of the people in the commercials? That's the real, you know, kicker. Is like some of these people jealous? in the commercials are doing fun things. You're like, wow, I want to go true. down a canoe in the mountains. That looks like a lot of fun. Maybe I need to have type 2 diabetes first to do all these fun things. Or maybe it's just moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. And then if you Ooh, get that, boom, awesome. next thing you know, oh, you're on a wildlife excursion. And that medication has you feeling good. Skin tied on the bones. No leprosy for you. No, ma'am. <laughs> but do you oh, get what I'm God. saying? All yes, the activities are like, wow, that's like on my bucket list. And these people are just living their dreams. You know, and sometimes yeah. it's pretty bad ones. You know, like, um, is it HIV or something? Like, they have oh, some, like, yes, really AIDS commercials. serious disease. God, and these Chelsea. people are just out living their best lives. I'm like, wow. I mean, I'm glad. 
I'm very glad. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad that I started with, hey, can I come over, have a drink, look at your decorations and play golf? And you're like, what about those AIDS medications? How about those, huh? Hey, that's a beautiful thing, though, that there are people now who are super healthy. I, here's the thing. I cannot afford to take on another ailment. I've had arthritis for like more than a decade now. I have to give myself a huge shot in each thigh once a month. So I feel like I filled my quota as far as diseases Ooh. are concerned or ailments are concerned. I feel like hopefully I've, I've hit the ceiling there. I don't want to break through, but it could happen. It could happen. I got plenty well, of time. Well, you need to be in the next prescription drug commercial for arthritis. Yes. It could be you in slow motion walking yeah. down the lane of the casino and you're laughing with your friends. You've oh. got your chips in your hand. And you're like, see, this could be you. Even though Michael Jenkins has mild to severe arthritis, he's still living his best life with whatever drug you're taking. I don't yes. know which one it is. Imagine this, Chelsea. Like, I lean over to my computer like this to place a bet, like to type it in on BetMGM, and it's, oh, oh, I can't even extend, I can't even, uh, I like to place a parlay, <laughs> but I can't, I can't, I can't extend my arm. Hey, this has legs, and all of a sudden, we have a brand new arthritic medication sponsored by BetMGM, and all you have to do is tune into the Daily Tip. Look at me now. Well, thanks to BetMGM and whatever that new medication is, free as a bird. I can make all the bets I want. Oh, yeah, and Freebird could be playing. Like, that's great for your demographic, too. <laughs> yeah, um, it is. So, yes, I think this is a niche that we should fully lean into because how many sports betting shows – are like 25 year old dudes in their basement like that's not us no we're no, going for the no, older no, no. crowd the active right. adult generation that you know maybe they're enrolled in aarp maybe they are empty nesters maybe they're looking to go on a cruise you know because they got to do something to fill the time maybe they're going to play bingo uh you know for their tuesday nights that should be our demographic I agree. Even though BetQL, the bosses are like, this is the exact opposite of the demographic we want to reach. I say we go against the grain what? here. Somebody's got to appeal to the <laughs> crowd that, that belongs to CarShield. I say it's us. I say it's us. So since we're an older crowd, you know the Chiefs, one of the oldest teams in the NFL. If you're an older person, you remember the Chiefs back in the day. Lynn Dawson, Hank Stram. This is an old team, right? So let's talk about the Chiefs because they are hosting the Bengals this weekend. The Chiefs are laying seven. They are minus 350 on the money line. The Bengals are plus 260. Total set at 44. The Chiefs, despite the recent struggles, can win the AFC West with a win. The Bengals must win this game to stay alive in the NFL playoff race. And I think you are actually on Kansas City this week. What? Who told you that? I'm definitely not on Kansas City. You're not? The I Bengals thought you were. Plus seven is going to be ah. one of my plays. Oh, um, okay. So, uh, speaking of prescription drugs, like Travis Kelsey is killing it in that <laughs> yes. game, isn't he? Even though I don't know if you'd call like the shot a prescription drug, but he's already beat us to the punch there. Uh, so maybe we can have arthritis for our thing that we're always on your TV <clears> screen. But it definitely feels like a desperate spot for Kansas City. But I'm going to be on the Bengals here just because okay. it feels like Cincinnati is a team that has routinely had the Kansas City Chiefs number. Do you think this goes into the handicap at all? The fact that the Bengals are coming into this game with a lot of confidence, even without Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase mm -hmm. has been running his mouth saying, oh, well, they don't have anybody like Jalen Ramsey on that secondary. I ain't scared. 
So I think I kind of like <laughs> the confidence for the Bengals going into this game. And also the fact that you're getting seven points here. Why is Kansas City still being lined like right. a dependable team that we've seen in the past few years? This is not the Kansas City Chiefs of last season. It's the Kansas City Chiefs that has self-inflicted wounds, that is causing turnovers on their own end, that their receivers are dropping passes. So I'll take the seven with uh, Cincinnati here. Also the fact I like when uh, teams that are maybe playing from behind have a good passing attack because the mm -hmm. back door is open. You know They can uh, get down the field quickly and play from behind. I like that with Jake Browning and this passing offense. So I'll be on the Bengals here, plus seven. See, I like that pick a lot, but I'm like you. My first question is, why hasn't the market adjusted? Because there's no way. I immediately looked at this game and thought, Bengals, 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 Bengals. So maybe I'm not missing anything. Maybe the market simply hasn't adjusted. But I'm like you. I'd be all over Cincinnati, too. I just can't believe that you're getting seven points here. This is a Chiefs team that has looked so bad. So I wonder... I wonder if it's a fishy line because this feels like it should be, what, four or five, which those are dead numbers anyway. But I don't know. It scares me that the number doesn't make any sense to me. But maybe, you know what? Maybe Vegas still believes in the Chiefs and isn't buying into the fact that this struggle is real because the struggle, to me, looks real for Kansas City. That's the only real thing that I don't like about this game is that it seems too good to be true. And when you feel that way about a certain bet, oftentimes it is. But then again, sometimes I feel like everyone's going to be on Cincinnati. But as we said yesterday, sometimes the square side is the right side. We saw that with Joe Flacco's passing prop last night. 98% of the money was on the over. Hit that in the first half. So maybe you're right here. I do like Cincy. I think it takes a while for the public to jump off the bandwagon of teams who were traditionally good for years. Mm -hmm. You know, think of the Golden State Warriors and how many people like loved still betting on the Golden State Warriors, even last year, even this year, when their time has kind of passed them by. I think that's the case with the Kansas City Chiefs, because it's not the book setting this number where they think it should be. They are setting this number to draw two way action. So I think they still believe that the public is going to say, well, it's Kansas City. They still have the best quarterback in the league. At some point, mm -hmm. they're going to look better. Because haven't we been, been making excuses for this team all season long? But I think the excuses for me stop now. Like at some point, you got to stop trusting a team that has proven that they are untrustworthy. So for me, I will continue on the Bengals. And then one other play, Mr. Pfizer. I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey over <laughs> 62 and a half receiving yards. At some point, we're going to see a bounce back spot for Travis Kelsey. Maybe this goes against my Bengals play. Uh, but still, the Bengals are allowing the most uh, receiving yards to opposing tight ends. This is a great matchup. Travis Kelsey has to get right at some point, doesn't he? You would think so. And also, I would think since Patrick Mahomes clearly does not trust his receivers at all, and he shouldn't because it has been a serious downgrade this season, then I feel like come playoff time, come late in the season when they need to win here, he's going to rely on the guy he knows that is always going to get it done, and that is Travis Kelsey. Coming up next here on the show, time to look ahead to a huge weekend in college football with the playoffs upon us. We're going to talk about it next on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network.
Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the show. It's a Friday. Come on. Double D, turn that up for me. I'm going to get going here. Off to New Orleans tomorrow. Delsa, can't wait. Coming up in a couple minutes. The Longhorns are the favorites, but will the Huskies have enough bite to pull the upset in the Sugar Bowl? Chelsea, we are traveling tomorrow, as you know. The lovely Catherine and I will be up early. We will be in New Orleans by 10.30 in the morning. We will be at our hotel by 11. We have a full slate plan before we watch Texas play Washington in the Sugar Bowl. Are you a big check-your-bag person, or do you carry it on? Does it matter? Does it depend on the length of the trip? Because I always... I always go back and forth, depending on what I'm going to do. I generally sort of check my bag, but as I've gotten a little bit older, I try to sort of keep it simple and try to carry on and stay away from going down to the baggage claim. I don't really care either way. I'm just curious about if you're a certain, if you have a certain viewpoint on, no, I definitely do this always. I usually check a bag because I like to bring my hair products with me. So it's different Mm -hmm. for women because we have a lot of toiletries. And obviously, you cannot carry on more than, what, an ounce of said toiletry that is any lotion, cream, or liquid. Uh, So usually, I'll check a bag. Also, I don't like the stress of having to find a spot for it above in the, uh, what is it called? The bin? Yeah. What is that called? It's it's not called, I was going to call it the storage bin. It's not the storage bin. It's the whatever it is. Bill, do you know what am I saying above here? Above head compartment. The above head <laughs> compartment. That's the official the name. Overhead compartment. Overhead. Yes, the overhead. that's the word. The overhead. It's bin. before seven. Yeah. The overhead bin. Yes, the trash bin above your head. I don't know. Yes, I have because no idea. there's nothing worse than the people who carry on everything and they take up all the bin space. And it's like, okay, you have two mm-hmm. roller bags. That is not a purse. So I'm not that person. I don't like carrying mm-hmm. stuff through the airport either. So I check my bag and I have a very small purse, like a little small backpack. Uh, So I don't have to worry about, you know, lugging my carry on to the bathroom, you know, making sure Mm -hmm. it fits in the bathroom stall. So I don't like doing that. Usually I'll just check a bag. Well, let me tell you, one of the reasons why I brought this up, because I'm curious, one of the worst fights I ever had with my ex-wife, and I don't mind telling this because it's sort of funny now to look back on. And this is when I knew this is going in a bad way. We went on vacation together and we get to the hotel room. We're about to leave. And she's like, Hey, can we talk for a second? And I was like, Oh no. Sure. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, this is an odd time. We just got here ready to go. And she says, Hey, I wanted to discuss something with you. I I noticed that sometimes you check a bag. I was like, Yeah. And she goes, Well, I I prefer to carry on a bag i was like okay and she goes i swear to god it was a real conversation and i'm i'm like okay she goes and i just feel like moving forward i would appreciate it if you also checked a bag 
are also carried on a bag. And I go, what? well, okay. I go, well, I understand that. And, and, and sometimes I'll, I'll carry on a bag, but if it's a longer trip or, you know, we're packing for a few days and I have a smaller suitcase, I, I'd rather not to jam everything in and I'd rather check the bag instead. She's like, mm, I don't, I don't think you're being empathetic towards me right now. I was like, no, I I understand your viewpoint. I I just happen to disagree. If you want to carry on your bag, by all means, go for it. If it's a short trip, sure. But if it's a longer trip, I would like to have the option to check a bag. Did she just not like waiting at baggage claim? What was the point yes. to all of this? So this is the this is and so I was like, okay, this is odd. Let me see if I can figure out a compromise here. I, she goes, I just don't like waiting the extra 10, 15 minutes for a bag. I go, okay. Oh, I go, well, how about bless I go, her heart? I know. And I go, okay, well, oh. how about this? I go, how about this? If we have differing viewpoints on whether to check or carry on a bag. If, if I decide to check a bag and we arrive somewhere, I will pay for your Uber, I will pay for your taxi, and then you can get to the destination as soon as possible, and then I'll be right behind you, probably 15 minutes behind. Maybe a little more, maybe a little less, and that way you can get to the destination as quickly as you can and you don't have to worry about waiting, which I feel like is, I shouldn't have to make this compromise, but I was like, I'm willing to do it. I didn't say that. And she's like, mm, I just don't think you understand where I'm coming from. And I was like, I do understand. I just disagree with the idea that I should always have to carry on a bag because you've decided that's what we should do. I think I should have the option to check a bag if I want. This went on for oh more God. than an hour at the start of our vacation. And oh my God, I finally just like lost my mind. I just like walked out. And so I think I have PTSD where I'm like, I feel like this isn't a big deal carrying on versus checking back. It's just a personal preference. It's not that big of a deal. It's certainly not worth sitting down and having an hour discussion over. And that's when I knew, guess what? The end is nigh. Whew. That was a tough one. Ooh, like the fact that she said you didn't have empathy because you I know. wanted to check a bag. Do you ever flip it around and say, how about you don't have empathy? <laughs> For me, being able to do what I oh, want to do. God. And here's the thing, sweetie. If you don't want to wait on me to check a bag, there is a spot for you at home on the couch <laughs> where you won't have to wait on the baggage claim anyway. Because I will take a leap of faith and say that you probably paid for this vacation. And I paid for the majority of it, here? yes. No, you were not. <laughs> so Sorry to turn this into a therapy session, but every now and then, you know, like when you're in something for so long, you're like, it, am I being crazy? Because yeah, I apologizing feel, for it. I was like, like I feel like this is crazy. Her. Yeah. <sighs> I was like, I was, this sounds crazy to me. This is a bag. We are on, let's go on vacation. We are here. Let's go. Why are we wasting time talking about a bag? So guess what I won't be doing this weekend? Worrying about a bag. I'll be waking up, having a drink. And thank God for the lovely Catherine, because... Are you doing carry-on, or are you checking a bag to do Right? What's the big question? Do you have empathy yet. or not, Jenks? Oh, that's the real, real question here. Am I an empathetic person or not? I, I was planning on carrying on just because, as I said, over time, I've sort of minimized. It's not a long trip, but I think Catherine's going to check her bag, and great. It's not a big deal. We're going to New Orleans. Let's have a great time. That's it. Because here's my two cents on empathy, and this is what I would have said to her. 
Okay, the mm-hmm. thing about empathy and check or carry on bags, the problem is if everybody carries on their bags, usually there is not enough space in the overhead compartment. So it doesn't Good feel point. very empathetic. If you really had empathy, you would say, okay, some people may need this bin space more than I do, so I am going to check my bag and let other people have this bin space. But it doesn't feel like you were arguing with somebody who lives in the headspace of logic. I think that's the biggest problem. Like, you've done this on gambling Twitter. You cannot argue with people who are so deep in their own stupidity that like they're not you're not going to get through to them so it just feels like a conversation that probably had yeah. you know no resolution yeah no it didn't i was like i am stuck and there's no the only this is when I, I was like the only answer here is for me to say okay i'll always carry on a bag and divorce. i'm like i'm not giving that answer yeah. <laughs> like, or the other side is divorce which is what happened so chelsea since i am going to new orleans tomorrow and i may carry on or check it back doesn't matter are my Longhorns going to get a win or not? Because Texas, I can't believe Texas is the favorite in this game. They're laying four points. Texas is minus 185 on the money line. Washington is plus 150. Total is 63 and a hook. I see a ton of people on Washington, but this line has only budged a half point, gone down from Texas minus four and a half. And I got to tell you, I would go with Washington here. Maybe I'm being a fan who's too worried about his team. I can see Texas winning this game. I think Texas is good enough to win the national championship. I also think that Washington will be able to attack that Texas secondary, or will they, Double D? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's fake. Maybe we've had a month to prepare. Nobody talks about that Washington defense, which isn't very good. And, oh, I don't know, a Texas team that can score with the best in the country. A Texas team hitting its stride. A Texas team coming off two blowouts and a conference championship. I changed my mind. Texas is going to win the natty. Thank you, Double D. What is really going to happen, Chelsea? What is really going to happen here? I feel like the personality that comes out of you when that fight song hits, you know, (laughs) the speaker that's what you needed in your previous marriage is you needed the Texas fight song to start playing and then you could actually voice your actual yes. opinions. You would have, you know, had some stones if you had had the Texas fight song. Seriously. You know, play it, playing in the background. But I do think people probably need a refresher course on this game because it's been so long since we've seen the opening line of this game. That mm-hmm. is the thing with bowl games. And it does kind of shock me that this line has only moved a half point because I do feel like the public's going to be on Washington here. But a lot of this has to do with the matchup. And we saw in the big 12 championship game, that Texas is very good at stopping the run. And that's something they've been good at Mm -hmm. all season long. But what about stopping the pass? And Jenks, I think you were the person that brought this up. Doesn't it feel Mm -hmm. like the weakness of the Texas defense is in the middle of the field and with their secondary. And especially when you're going against a very prolific pass attack, Michael Penix Jr., of course, a Heisman candidate, or um, he was nominated, I guess, a nominee, you should say, Mm -hmm. and several receivers that are probably going to play in the NFL. It feels like a tough matchup for Texas. Like when you play a team like Oklahoma State that, you know, wants to run the football, that's a good matchup for this Texas defense. But the passing attack that Washington has, don't you feel like it could possibly cause some problems for Texas here? I do. The one thing that I, I I will say is two things. Number one, 
is I don't think we're giving Texas enough credit for what they can do on offense versus the Washington defense because Washington does not face an offense like this this season, I don't believe. And also, Steve Sarkeesian, with a month to prepare to pull out his bag of tricks, I think Texas could outscore Washington. But it feels like the Huskies of the play. I hope I'm wrong. Coming up in five minutes, which games will make our card in the NFL this weekend? The reveal is next when we play Pick 6. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.